All right. Book of Jude is where we're at. And it's our final lesson in uh, the, the, the book of Jude. As we've been talking about guardrails, because you have in verse 21, Jude writing to these Christians saying, I want you to uh, keep yourselves in the love of God. I want you to stay on track and not go off the rails but maintain the path that has been set before you. And he's talked about the need to contend for the faith. And he's warned them about the various uh, aspects of those who had come in, uh, who were teaching false things, who were saying, uh, even though we have the grace of God, therefore we can follow our own passions and our own desires. And he spent from really about verse 5 all the way to verse 16, giving example after example of how those kinds of people were judged. And you'll notice the turning point here begins in verse 17, because now he's going to talk about how we can be kept in the faith, how we can be kept in the love of God, how we contend for the faith. And so he's going to show us then some things that are basically preparations for contending for the faith, and then some to-dos of what this looks like as we keep ourselves in the love of God. You'll notice in verse 17, he says, but you. So here are these people who have gone outside the lines. They are not following God's will. But you, however, here is what I'm wanting you to do. And the first thing that he will tell them is I want you to remember something. Notice verses 17 through 19. He says, I want you to remember what the apostles said. And it's an unfortunate thing that the apostles predicted. And it's an unfortunate thing that he asked for them to remember. But he says, I want you to remember what the apostles predicted would happen. Verse 18, there's going to be scoffers who follow their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. Essentially, don't be surprised that there are people who claim to be Christians, and yet what they ultimately do is they cause divisions, they are ungodly, worldly people, and they are ultimately devoid of the Spirit. They have been unchanged by God, unchanged by God's love, unchanged by God's Word, and so they claim to be a follower, but they're not. He says, but you remember this. God has always said that that's going to be the case. And you can't be shaken by that. There are people who say they are followers who are unchanged, who are worldly, who follow their passions, who do what they want, who go outside the guardrails of God's ways. Do not be disturbed by that. But remember that the apostles even said that was going to be the case. In fact, you might remember from last week's lesson how Jude went all the way back to Enoch and said, Enoch said that's always going to be the case. This is always the situation that people are going to follow after their own passions and their own desires. But you, he says, remember that. And then notice he says in verse 20, but you, and then he starts laying out what I want you to do. And these are these personal preparations. There are three statements that are revolving around verse 21. Notice verse 21 says, I want you to keep yourselves in the love of God. And he expresses how that's going to happen. But let's talk about this picture for a minute in verse 21. Keep yourselves 
in the love of God. These examples in the book of Jude have been set forward to us as people who did not do that. Remember all the way back to verse 5. Here are, here are the people of Israel. They were saved out of Egypt, and yet they did not persevere and were destroyed. Then he used another example. Angels. They did not maintain their position of authority. They did not stay in the lanes that God had given them of position. And therefore they are held in judgment for that great day. In verse 7, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities indulged in sexual immorality, pursued unnatural desires. They are an example of not following God's ways, God's ways and an example of eternal punishment. He's been using all of these examples to say we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. There is a key exhortation to us. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Stay in the lines. Stay within the guardrails. Stay on the path that God has given to us. So what does that look like? Notice verse 20. Building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. You see, there are three things that are revolving around keeping yourself in the love of God. Verse 20, he says, building yourselves up in the most holy faith. But you, beloved, you need to be building yourselves up in the most holy faith, for this is the means by which you will keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, I think it is interesting the wording. He could have said, I want you to build others up in the most holy faith. And we could go to scriptures that say to do that. But I want you to observe a personal responsibility. You need to build yourself up in your Most holy faith. There is a responsibility that he's giving to these Christians. You need to see the responsibility of building yourselves up in that faith. So I want you to take a step back and just think for a minute. Does your life look like that? Would you say, I'm building myself up in the most holy faith? That that's what my day in, day out routine looks like. What I am doing is building myself up in that way so that I can be kept in the love of God, fully prepared for whatever may happen, fully prepared to stay within the guardrails of what God has given me to do. Do do our lives look like that? I want you to see there's a necessity by which Jude is putting uh, on these people to say, It is so important that you are spending your time in your life getting to know God and getting to know his word and getting to know his teachings. You must devote yourself to building yourself up in the faith. Sometimes we can blame everybody else for that. You know, nobody builds me up and and that's bad. We should be all building one another up. 
But I do want to see there is a responsibility on us. We have a responsibility to our faith, to our walk with God, that we will build our lives deeper and stronger in the faith. You might remember Jesus spoke like that. It wasn't too long ago. We were not too far off in Matthew 7 there. As Jesus came toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And he described two people. He said there are people who are going to build their lives and build their houses on a rock. So that when winds come, that house will stand. And there is another person who builds his life, his house on sand. And when the storms of life come, they are flattened. And you might remember what he said. So who are the ones who are building themselves on the rock except those who hear my words and act on them? Or if I can use Jude's words, those who are building themselves up in this most holy faith. They are spending their times getting to know God, getting to know his word, because that is the means by which you can build a stable faith and a stable life. And friends, that is why, as a church here, our strongest, strongest emphasis is on the Word of God and teaching the Word of God and understanding the Word of God because that is the way we are built into this most holy faith. That is the way we will be grounded. That is the way we will be strong. That's why it's not yoga classes It's preaching and teaching and Bible studies because that is what is going to make you strong. And that is what Jude is saying. I want you to be kept in the love of God. Well, Jude, how do we do that? The first thing, building yourselves up on the most holy faith. We need to know God. We need to know his teaching. We need to know his ways. We need to know his words because that's the only way we're going to stay on the road. That's the only way that we're going to stay on the path. And so that is the picture that is given to us. Spend our days getting to know God. And I hope you'll think about your life. And I hope you'll think about your Monday to Fridays. And ask yourself, am I building myself up in that most holy faith? Am I preparing myself to stay on the guardrails? So that I can keep in God's love. That's the first picture. Second picture is also in verse 20. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God by building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Number two, praying in the Holy Spirit. And you might read that and go now, okay, well, what does that, is that something different? And you might remember the Apostle Paul said the same thing in Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 18, after he's given a picture of the, of the armor of God and says, praying in the spirit there as well. And I want us to think about what that could, could mean. Is he saying you're doing something radically different? And I submit to you what this is driving at is that we have prayers that are spiritually focused, that they are spiritually driven, that we are praying toward the will of God, praying for spiritual strength, for spiritual welfare, that we are not excluding the spiritual component of prayer. Because it is easy to default prayers into physical concerns only. And forget the need to be praying for our souls. 
for our faith, for what we need to walk with God. Lord, give me the encouragement I need. Give me the strength to withstand the temptations. Help me get through this difficult circumstance. I am dealing with things on the job that are tempting me to do things that I should not do, to respond in a way I should not respond. Praying in the Spirit is a key component of praying that spiritual life. Praying with that spiritual focus. It's easy to pray physically because physically is what we see and we can forget about the most important health we have is our spiritual health. And praying that before God, God, I need that strength. I hope that we have seen in our study of the Psalms, every one of them is doing that. (laughs) Every single one of them is saying, I need your character. I need your response. I need your help. I know who you are. Apply your character to my life right now. Those are spirit driven prayers. And that is what here Jude is reminding us to do, that we need to be building ourselves up in the faith and praying in the spirit so that we can stay on the path. And I'll ask the same question. Monday through Friday. How's that looking? Are we spending our time building ourselves in the faith and spending our times praying in the spirit? So that we can keep ourselves in the love of God and stay on the path for with all the difficulties that may arise. Number three, verse 21, after saying, keep yourselves in the love of God. Notice there's another one that sits there waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. This one makes perfect sense. We're spending our time building our faith. We are spending our time praying in the spirit. And we're spending our time waiting for the mercy of God. Or to put that another way, I think Jude is asking us to consider what are we looking at in life? Are we looking forward to the return of Christ? Are we looking forward to eternity? Are we looking forward for eternal life? Are we longing for that? Do we keep our eyes forward on where we are going? Are we looking forward to the mercy of God that is going to be ultimately displayed that we will experience? Are we waiting for that and looking for that? And the imagery that Jude is using makes an awful lot of sense. Friends, if you're not looking where you are going, where you are going, you're going to go off the road. You're going to go off the path. It's a dangerous thing to not look where you're going. You might have seen funny videos of people who walk around on their phones and then fall into fountains and do things like that. And it's like, you're not looking where you're going. That's why you crashed. Or more frightening when you're in the car and you're behind somebody who is not looking where they're going and they are going all over the place like that. And they're weaving off the lines and about to run into things and nearly hit mailboxes. That's the idea. If we're not looking where we're going, you're going to veer off the road. You need to build yourselves in the faith. You need to be praying in the spirit and you need to be looking toward eternity. You need to be looking on that path of where you're going. We are waiting for the mercy of God. What we are longing for and waiting for is not the here and now, but for his return. That's what we're waiting for. And that needs to be the focus is what he says. If we are keeping ourselves in the love of God, 
These are the three preparations that need to be made. Building myself up in the faith. Praying in the spirit. Waiting for the mercy of God to come. Three key preparations to be kept in the love of God. But I want you to notice in the next paragraph from going from here's your preparation. He's now going to give us some things that he wants us to do. Some activities, three activities. I think he keeps doing threes in here. You have three preparations. And then notice there are three to-dos that are given here. Notice in verse 22, he says, have mercy on those who doubt. I'm captured by this. And here's the reason why I'm captured by this. From verse four, he said, You've got people who've crept in unnoticed and they are perverting the grace of God and they are turning it into immorality immorality and sensuality. And he starts describing, here's their judgment that is certainly going to come. And this is then not just ending on, okay, so go get them. But he now turns and says, but there are going to be people among you who doubt. And you don't treat them the same way. Have mercy on those who doubt. Have mercy on those who are in the struggle, who are grappling. I'm going to suggest I think I'm not alone in this. I'll I'll go by your nods. Do we not all go through seasons and waves of doubt? Okay. We all hit those times where you're like, Okay, really? (laughs) You have to just do a faith double check and go, is this for real? Am I really all in on all? Does this make sense? Is this working? And here is this picture of having mercy on those who doubt. But let me encourage you, when you are in those seasons of doubt, do not let your doubts pull you away from God. Don't let those seasons of doubt mean, well, I just need to throw this away because I'm unsure. Have mercy on those who doubt. He's telling that's all right. Work through those doubts. I would advise doing what he just said. Personal preparation. Build yourselves up in the faith in those windows of time. Pray in the spirit. Look for the Lord's return. Zero in on what God has offered to you and is promising to you. But we all have those times of doubt. And when we see others who are in those seasons of doubt, he doesn't say go up to them and just spiritually blast them in the face. He says, have compassion. Have mercy. Yeah, there are people who are rebels who are distorting the faith. Address them. But to those who are doubting, have mercy. Show them mercy. Show them compassion. We must always realize every single one of us in a room of 90 to 100 people that we have here right now, every single one of us is in a completely different place in our journey with God. Spiritually, maturity, doubting, difficulty, strength, weakness, We are always in these different places. And we have to always be aware of that. And there are times when people are going to need the simplicity of the milk of God's word to say, here's what you need. Let me encourage you in in your struggle. 
That I can't sit back and go, well, since I'm enjoying the stake of God's word, drop that in front of an infant and say, here it is on your table. Why don't you eat it? What's the matter with you? It's delicious. They can't handle that. They're not ready for that. They need the basics. They need the simplicity. They just need some encouragement. They just need some help. We have to be aware of where everybody's at. We'd love to just go across the board. Here we all are up here spiritually eating steak, but we're not. We're all over the map. And so there has to be mercy and compassion and understanding about where everybody is and figuring this out and trying to come to know God and to have an appreciation for that. I would also say, as parents, when we were feeding our children, our infants milk, we did not drink it with them. One of the things we're doing while we're eating our wonderful meal is saying, this is going to be great for you one day. You see how good that is? And they start looking at that. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. I'm going to eat. I can't have that right now. You don't have teeth yet. But soon. We don't dumb ourselves down and go, okay, well, we're only going to have, we, we're all at different spots. And the great thing about God's word is it hits everybody where you're at. That's what's great about it. Certain things are going to go, you know, right over here. That's all right. But the word of God addresses everybody in those spots. And that's the amazing beauty of it. And so we appreciate where everybody's at. And we present the word of God in that way to one another so that it matches those spots. I think that's what he's talking about here. Having mercy on those who are doubting to be aware of their of their circumstances, to come to them and give them what they need in the moment. You know, sometimes you need to come and just give me a good shake. And then sometimes you need to just come to me and give me a good hug. And we're all in different spots. Have mercy on those who doubt. Number two, verse 23. Save others by snatching them from the fire. When we see people who've gone off the guardrails... We try to rescue. We don't watch people go off the cliff and go, well, I told you not to drive like that. You know, duh. We just carry on. We help. Save those by snatching them out of the fire. We try to do everything we can to help those who have wandered away from God. We do everything we can to help those who have gone off the edge. And friends, all of us play a role in that. All of us play a role in that. Every one of us play a very important role of reaching out, trying to help, pointing them to Jesus. We are offering help, offering help, offering help, trying to help people see the answer is Christ. The answer is to get back on the road, The answer is build yourselves up in the most holy faith. The answer is praying in the spirit. The answer is looking forward to what Christ has for your life. We are putting them back on the road as best we can. If they are willing to receive our help, we must do everything we can to help. So another great picture after talking about these people who have crept in unnoticed, these ungodly people, he says, but those who are doubting, I want you to have mercy. And those who have gone off the path, I want you to try to put them back on. I want you to try to help them get back on the journey, get back on the road again. He doesn't write them off. Isn't that not the beauty of Luke 15? 
You know, I always read that story of, you know, here's a, a woman with 10 coins and she loses one. And she doesn't sit back and go, well, at least we got nine. 90% is not that bad. You know, or a shepherd losing one sheep. Well, 99 out of 100 is a pretty good ratio. We'll be content with 99 out of 100. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God is not, well, as long as most of us make it, we're all good. The heart of God is save those out of the fire if we possibly can. We're trying to give lifelines and trying to help people get back on track. And then you'll notice the rest of it in verse 23. The third thing to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. This is a very vivid picture. Have mercy on those who have turned. But notice he doesn't say overlook their sins. He doesn't say, all right, you know, others show mercy with fear and it's okay that they've committed all these sins. Just let them be. There's repentance here. There is an important part of our rescue message is not to suggest that sinning is approved by God. We're trying to rescue with mercy, but we're pointing out the sins have to stop. I mean, the reason you're in the ditch is because of the sin, so stop the sin so we can get you out of the ditch. Let us help you in that. Such an important picture that's given here. It's an image here that indicates that their lives are stained by sins. And we are reaching out to help them, but we do not allow ourselves to be entangled by those sins, nor do we suggest in any way that those sins are condoned. You need to repent, turn from sins, and get back on the path. That's the beauty of what the offer is. This is our to-do list. Have mercy on those who doubt. Try to snatch people out of the fire. Show mercy with fear, but still hating the sins that have been committed. Now, watch how he pulls all of this together in an amazing hope that comes up. Just listen to verse 24. I could do a whole lesson on verse 24. I won't. Don't worry. I won't be that much longer, but still. Verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Just soak in these two pictures of hope that are given here. Soak in this image, the first image. The Lord is able to keep you from stumbling. Wow. This is something similar to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2 and verse 12. So my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I love the dual picture that God always puts forward. In one sentence, just a moment ago, he said, keep yourselves in the love of God. And then he turns around and says, he's able to keep you from stumbling. 
There's a part of, of ourselves of the work that we are doing here. We have a responsibility to be able to do this work in staying in God's lanes, build yourselves up in the holy faith, praying in the spirit, waiting for the mercy of God. You have a very important role to play in staying in the love of God. But please understand, you're not doing this alone. Because then Jude ends by saying, God's got you. God's with you. You're not doing this alone. He is able to keep you from stumbling. It's not a picture that we just do nothing and say, okay, God's going to do everything. No, there's a responsibility given to us. We must keep ourselves in the love of God. If we do not, we will fall like the people of Israel back in verse 5. But friends, do not think that you are shouldering the burden by yourself. We have God to support us, God to give us the help we need. Friends, that's why he told us to pray just a moment ago. Why else are we praying if we're supposed to do this by ourselves? We are praying for God's help. We are praying for God's strength. We are praying for God's direction. We are praying for that support that he will give us. So yes, you keep yourselves in the love of God and then depend upon God to help you in that because he is able to keep you from stumbling. And please notice how he ends it in verse 24. And to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. That is a picture that is hard to think about. For all of our sins, for all of our failures, for all the times that we've gone off the path, through the guardrails, off the cliff, it says here still in verse 24, God is able to keep you from permanently falling. And he's able to present you blameless in God's sight. Is that not staggering? Your millions and millions and millions of sins. I don't care how many they are. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care how deep they are. He can present you blameless in his presence. What a way to end a book. What a way to want to keep you in the love of God. And to build ourselves in that most holy faith. Your doubts have not permanently taken you from God's hand. Being snatched out of the fire does not mean you are disqualified. Because you've gone off the path does not mean it's too late. He ends by saying you can still be presented blameless in the presence of God. And friends, that's the hope that is given to us to spend our time building ourselves up in the faith. It's not too late and it's not over and it's not too much. And can you imagine that we could get to the day of judgment we can stand in the presence of God. And as much as we are mentally aware 
of the wretched sinners that we are. God would be able to stand there in that day and say blameless. It's unbelievable. Those are the words I want to hear. I want to be clean in his sight. I want to stand before him blameless, kept in the love of God. Build yourselves up in the faith. Pray in the spirit. Keep your eyes on where you're going. And if you do, he'll keep you from falling. And he'll present you blameless in the sight of God. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, this hope is staggering. Lord, this hope is staggering. Thank you for the promise to make us clean, even though we are stained by sins. Thank you for your son that makes that possible. Thank you for the mercy you have toward us. And Lord, we pray that you would come alongside of us wherever we are in our journey, whether we are on the spiritual highs or spiritual lows. Give us the strength that we need to keep going. Lord, we pray that we'd be kept in your love. And Lord, that you would embolden us to do our part to build ourselves up in this wonderful faith that you have given to us. Lord, forgive us for when we have allowed our days and our time to be filled with so many foolish things. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a devotion and a resolve today to build ourselves up in this faith. Lord, give us the zeal to know you, to know your ways, to know your teachings, to know your character, and to let that transform us. Lord, forgive us for our failure in prayer. Forgive us for when we have decided not to pray. Forgive us for when we've only prayed for physical concerns. And help us to be more keenly aware of our spiritual needs and our spiritual shortcomings. And God, help us to have the strength to take those spiritual shortcomings to you and that you would strengthen us and answer our prayers. And Lord, forgive us for when we've taken our eyes off the road. And we've been looking the wrong way with eyes on the physical, with eyes on the here and now. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to see where we're going. Help us to see eternity before us. And Lord, help us to see the goal that you have set before us, that you can call us clean and blameless, pure and upright. And we long for that day. In Jesus' name, amen. Short book. Beautiful words of what Jude has for us to stay in the guardrails of the great faith that God has given to us. Can we help you today to turn away from sin, to follow him with all of your heart, get rid of those sins and obstacles and things that are keeping you from passionately pursuing your Lord who wants you to be with him for eternity. He has mercy and grace. He has compassion and love to forgive your sins. Will you come to him and receive that offer? Turn to him with all of your heart, confessing him to be the son of God who died for your sins, 
be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins to begin that journey with them. We want to help you in that. If you're ready for that, you can let me know, let someone next to you know, or you can come forward now while we stand and while we sing.